Start in verse number two. Verse number one actually is just kind of bringing us in. First uh, Samuel chapter 25, talking about the death of uh, Samuel and knowing him being a prophet of God. So we're kind of moving on. And if you look at verse number two, you'll see this thing right here. For, uh, the first thing we want to see, I don't know. Uh, let me see if I can get this to work. And Brother Britt, yep, it's working. Is if you're writing this down, we see this feeble request. And we're going to go through these scriptures. There's this feeble Request. It's very uh, enfeebled, I mean, in the word trying to use humble. It's not something that's a big thing that's asked. In verses 2 through 9, you can see it, and uh, hopefully it'll help us memorize it. The Bible says in verse number 2, it says, And there was a man in Maon whose possession uh, were, were in Carmel, or Carmel, and it says, And the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. It says, now the name of the man was Nabal, and his wife's name, or the name of his wife, is Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding. Come on, women, did you not hear that? Y'all need to insert an amen every now and then. She was a woman of good understanding. You know what I mean? When you looked at her and you said, how you doing? She would go, I'm doing all right, right? said, good understanding. And it also says this, and of beautiful a beautiful countenance. She had a beautiful face. Beautiful. <laughs> Amen. That's the vanity part. But anyway, let's go. It says, But the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep, and David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say to him that liveth in prosperity, it says, Peace both be to thee, and peace to thine house. It says, Peace be unto all that thou hast. He says, And now have I heard, or excuse me, now I have heard that thou hast shears. Now thy shepherds were with us. We, uh, excuse me, now thy shepherds which were with us, we hurt them not, neither was there taught, or was there aught. In, missing unto them. Excuse me, my eyes are running together. It says, and all the while they were in Carmel. Ask thy young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes. That uh, says, for we come in a good day. And it talks about actually we come in a day of feast. It says, give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand unto thy servants and to thy son David. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all the words the name of David, uh, in the name of David and ceased. When you look at this, just kind of let's, let's basically just run it through. You have, first of all, in every story you've got characters that are in the story, and then you have a scene or you have some kind of storyline that's in the story. When you look at this story, it's pretty cool because you have really three main characters. It's really not about the sheep. It's not about the sons. It's not about the servants of David, and it's not about the servants of Nabal. It's not about those people, but it's actually about Nabal. It's about Abigail, and it's about a man named David. Everyone in this story, we know that David, David being the great man that he was, everyone knows the story of David. We know he killed Goliath. We know he killed the sheep. We know he killed, uh, not the sheep, but he killed a lion and a bear in order to uh, protect the sheep. We know he did all these great things. Things. But then you look at this and you go, all right, well, who is this guy named Nabal? Who is he and, and what is his thing? Well, the Bible says there in verse number two that he was, first of all, a man from Maon. And it also says that he wasn't just a regular man, but it says that he was a rich man. He was a very wealthy man. It even goes to the point that the scripture says in verse number two, it says this man was very great and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. He had a lot of possessions. 
And when he would come at the time of sheep shearing, it was like a lot of people looked up to this guy and they always kind of wanted to be around this guy because why? He brought a lot to the table. He brought a lot of funds to the table. But not only that, but when they did the sheep shearing, they would also go back to that person or that master or what they would call in those days their Lord, lowercase L-O-R-D, Lord's house. And they would actually go and have a big feast or have a big party after they did all the sheep shearing. And he would provide all of the fun, the entertainment, the drinks, the food, everything, and would provide all of this stuff for the people that worked for him. But the Bible says there was something different about this guy. Now, please don't point to anybody in this church. Please don't point to your husband. Please don't say names out loud. But the Bible says that this man was not only rich, but he was also a foolish man. It says he was not only foolish, but he was evil. And that it says this word right here that he was churlish. It actually means that he was rude. He was a man that was not someone that was very friendly. He was, uh, as my teacher used to tell me back in the fifth grade, uncouth. Uh, you were improper. You were rude. And you needed to have a, a check. Um, you know, my teacher looked, used to look at me and go, Abney. And she called me Abney. This one did. She said, Abney, you need to compose yourself. And what that means is, is you need to get all things back together, son, before I come over there and snatch them back together. You know, back in fifth grade, when I was in fifth grade, they were allowed to do the paddling. The teachers were out in the commons, right? And it was not uncommon for me to have one. But this man was just, in his lifestyle, he was just rude. He, he, he had no tact about him. He couldn't get along with people. Not only that, but even in his dealings with people, it says he was evil. And he would cheat you, he would lie and do all this stuff. But when it came time to having possessions, this guy seemed to have all of them. He was rich and had all of those. Wonder why he had all of those possessions. Some people look at it and say, well, God blessed him. No, he cheated other people out of their blessings. He cheated people out of their possessions. He was one that was so ugly and just so rude. But then the second character that you look at is this wonderful woman that he has as a wife. And her name's Abigail. And not only is she a woman that has great understanding, it means, what it means is that this young lady, this wife of his, that she had wisdom, that wisdom that was beyond. When it, when it really points out these kind of phrases in the Bible, we really need to pay attention because what God's trying to show us is that she didn't have just common sense. She had above common sense. She had a godly wisdom that was about her. And not only that, but she had it both going on, if I could use that for terminology tonight. She was not only smart in the Lord, but she also was hot. Okay, everybody understand that? She was a very, some of you, I know I heard your pacemaker skip a few beats and stuff, but I mean, that's just the words that we say nowadays, all right? She was beautiful. When men saw her, they not only saw her intellect, but it says that she had a beautiful countenance, okay? It didn't say like it said in the King James and other verses where someone's countenance was fallen, <laughs> right? No, she was a beautiful woman to look upon. And you look at this. This is this couple. Now, I'm telling you, do not name names. Don't even write people down in your notes, okay? You go, well, why can't I write? God's watching your note writing also. But this is the couple that you look at and go, how did he ever get her? And what in the world does she see in him? You know what I mean? It's that couple. Now, I know some of you, I'm coming to check your notes tonight because I'm going to see if it says Steve and Patty on there at all. But then you have this other character that's put in the story, and his name's David. 
David at this time, the reason I wanted to share with, him, share with you about him, because you already know him, is because I wanted to share what was going on. David is actually not king of Israel yet, but he has already been told and anointed that he will be king, but he's running from Saul. Even in chapter 26 uh, of 1 Samuel, you'll see later, if you wanted to go home and read it this week, you'll see that Saul is pursuing after him, and uh, David has a chance while uh, Saul's asleep in the cave that he was saying, Lord, you know, give me the strength now, and I'll take this spear, and I'll stick him to the earth, you He said, I won't miss. You just let me do it. I'll do it one time, one of his servants. David, you just call the shot, and I'll stick this thing in him, and we'll be gone. And David didn't want to do that because David was a gracious man. Amen. So looking at this, David is running from Saul. He's hiding from Saul. He's trying to do this. And so now, as all these people are gathering in in Carmel, then you got to know, all right, David's thinking, are these my enemies? Are these men from Saul? Are these men from Saul? Are these men? And so now you're starting to understand, if you look at the story, why David said, I just have one request. He found out that these shearers or these sheep shearers, these men that have come in to serve, he found out that they are the servants of Nabal, and Nabal has many possessions. And so David says, all right, guys, my servants, David's servants, he said, I want you to go over there, and I want you to talk to Nabal, I want you to find him, and I want you to ask of him just a simple small request and that is just this we were watching you guys we were watching you as you came in and did the sheep shearing and you don't know this but Saul's enemies and armies are around us and trying to take us but we were watching over your men and we didn't cause any harm to them we did not take them we did not go in and take possessions from them because we needed to eat we didn't go and take the sheep or kill them or take their lives he said if you'll notice something look at verse number uh where am I at look at verse number uh six It says, and thus shall you say unto him that liveth in prosperity, peace be unto thee, and peace be unto your house, and peace be unto all that you have. And now I have heard that thou hast shears, now thy shepherds which were with us, he said, we hurt them not. Neither was there aught missing unto them. We didn't take one of their sheep the whole time that they were in Carmel. He says, so what we want is we have come in a day of need, and in a good day, and in a day of feast, and we need provisions. And so Nabal, will you provide those provisions. Will you do that? It was a simple request. That's not a very hard thing. Now stop for a moment and think. 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats, you could have enough to spare just to feed some of these men. But look at what the Bible says in the next part. Although it was just that feeble request, look at this fool or this foolish refusal. And this is how it's really cool to separate it out this way. This foolish refusal, look at verse number 9. It says, And David's young men came, and they spake to Nabal according to all the words uh, in the name of David, and then they ceased. They asked the question, asked the request, and then they stopped. They didn't go further with it. But look at verse number 10. And Nabal, or Nabal, Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. He had an opportunity to be gracious and to provide a need for this young man who would one day be king. But what did he do? Because he was rude, because he was evil in his heart, and because he was a person that always carried a chip on his shoulder, he said, who's David? You know what I mean? What if they would have came over there and said, we're asking provisions in the name of Saul, King Saul, that was king that time. Might have been, hey, this may benefit me. 
this may benefit me because he's king. But you know what he did? He mocked at him. He said, who's David? He said, and who's Jesse? When you look at that church, nowhere in the scripture, go back with me, nowhere in the scripture did David tell his men to go and tell Nabal that, hey, David, the son of Jesse, is coming to speak to you. Nowhere in that. So that shows you in this man's churlish or evil or rude heart that he already had an understanding of who David was because he said, who is David and who is Jesse? Look at the words again. Look at verse number 9. It says, when David's young men came, what did they do? They spake unto Nabal according to all the words in the name of David. And look at what it says. And they ceased. What that means, Brother Ricky, is that they spoke only what David told them to ask, and then they ceased at their speaking. So that didn't mean that they said, oh, you know, he's the son of Jesse, or oh, you know, he's the one that's running from Saul, or he's the one that's already anointed to be king. This man came up with his own reasoning, and he said what? In verse number 10, who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? He said, there are many servants out there that are breaking away from their masters, and I don't know this man. And look at what he says in verse 11. Shall I then take my bread, and my water, and my flesh that I have killed for my shears, and given unto me? men whom I know not where they be or whence they be. He said, I don't even know where they've come from. Look at that word. Don't, doesn't this remind you of the story that Jesus told us about a man who had many possessions and he built, tore down the smaller barns and built bigger barns in which to bestow his goods. And he said that night, he said, I will say to myself, self, thou hast many goods laid up, eat, drink, you know, and be merry and do all these things. All in that scripture that Jesus gave, it was I and my and I have and I have and I have these things and I have done this and these are mine, mine, mine. Look at Nabal's words again. He says, shall I then take my bread and take my water and take my flesh that I have killed for my shearers, my servants, and give it unto men that I don't even know where they come from? Boy, isn't that a prideful thing? And that's the kind of man that you're dealing with when you're dealing with this foolish man by the name of Nabal. He, because he was so rude and because he was so evil, his thing was this. All this stuff, God didn't give it to me. It's mine. This man did not bless God with his speech. He did not bless God with his lifestyle. All he knew was, I did this. And this is mine, and that flesh is mine, and that water is mine. All of that is mine. I'm going to tell you something. Even if you go out and kill an animal to take it and harvest it to eat, that is not your flesh. You did not create that. You only harvested that. Even if you go down and dig a well, and you draw up water from that well to drink from it, it is not your water. It is God's given water, and all you've done is harvested that water. And this man was so rude and wicked even toward God that he didn't want anything to do with anyone else he said I'll not do that for anyone that I don't even know I'm not going to do it and this man had a foolish a foolish a, chur a churlish listen it means to be rude it means to be mean-spirited discourteous it means to be ungracious it's actually the word we get this phrase from someone that walks around with a chip on their shoulder that's what kind of man uh, Nabal was, was that he was walking around, when that word churlish describes him, as someone that walks around with a chip on their shoulder all the time. That everything you say, how are you doing? I'm fine. Well, sounds great to me. How are you doing today? Isn't the beautiful day outside? It's going to rain later. Well, isn't it a beautiful evening? The sunset, it's blinding my eyes. 
You know what I mean? Oh, what a beautiful morning. Would you be quiet? I'm trying to sleep. Over and over and over. Boy, this is the best coffee I've ever had. They should have used four scoops back there in that coffee machine. This stuff right here, you can see all the way through it. Everything's bitter. Everything's anger. Everything is always a chip on the shoulder from even just saying hello to even doing some of the smallest tasks to reaching down and picking up a peppermint wrapper off the floor and immediately just going, these stinking horrible kids throwing their peppermint wrappers down. And I come behind and go, it wasn't the kids, it was your wife. (laughs) Yeah, it was the adult. You ever meet people like that? Now listen, I'm telling you, don't write it down. I'm taking notes up after the service. We know people like that. We all know that. And listen, for some of you that are going, but I just don't know anyone like that. It's you. <laughs> uh, right? They carry all of this stuff. Nabal was this way. He was so foolish. You know, the Bible, when it talks about a fool, it's not talking about someone that's a jester or some kind of cut up or some kind of clown. It's not talking about that. It's talking a fool all the way through Scripture is a rejecter of God and who God is in the blessings of God. Even the Bible says the fool is said in his heart, there is no God. You know, the Bible says that you should tell your brother, you know, thou fool, you are in danger. He even told that one that had all the possessions, he said, thou fool, this not thy soul shall be required of thee. And then whose good shall all of these be? When you look at that, Nabal was a foolish man, and he refused in that foolish way. But then something happened. Now listen, if you've wrote names down, like I said, you shouldn't have done that. But you're going to have to write your name right beside this because the next thing that comes up, there's this familiar reaction. And when I mean familiar, I mean similar, okay? Something that happens that's similar. Look at verse number 12. This is where you'll really get quiet on me and... Grit your teeth at me and stuff, but it's all right. It says, and David's young men turned their way. <laughs> you know what it actually, in the old Hebrew, would turn their way? Do you know what it actually is said? It says they turned their heels. You know what I mean? As they're listening to him, I love it. I, I love that. I love the definition of it because as they've listened to his foolish, you know, refusal, they turned on their heels. It's like they just went, we're getting nowhere with him. You, you, you know what I mean? It, it's like the, the kid that's been told no by mom, and then he has somehow or she has somehow found dad in the kitchen, maybe alone or outside alone, and he's going over there. You know, he's going to walk over there, or he or she, okay? They're going to walk over there, and now they're going to try to get to dad because mom's already said no. They're going to try to get to dad, and they're going to try to go and ask him about the question. And then all of a sudden, mom walks out on the back porch, and they go, You know what I mean? That's what these men did. These men, listen, these men could have gotten mad. They could have gotten angry, but they just turned away. Why? Because hopefully they figured out they weren't rejecting them. He was rejecting David. So look at what it says. The young men turned in their way, it says, and went again. It says, and came and told him all those sayings. And David said unto his men, look here, gird ye every man his sword. And they girded every man his sword, and David also girded his on his sword. And there went up after David about 400 men, and 200 abode by the stuff, abode with the stuff. Some of them stayed with the stuff. That's another message for another day. Yeah. But the Bible says right here that David said, get your swords. <laughs> Nabal had messed with David, and it has now 
rubbed David the wrong way. And because of his chip on his shoulder, David, a man whose heart was after God, now he's after blood. David's mad. Listen to me now before you turn me off. Because y'all were all good and giddy and happy when I was talking about people with a chip on their shoulder. And now you're somehow sliding off on me because now I'm really hitting home where we're talking about us and how we affect or allow those people with chips on their shoulders to affect us. Amen. Amen, Brother Steve. That's exactly right. You just keep preaching, all right? It, look, and all of a sudden, you get mad. You know, anybody in here ever get mad? Thank you, Brother Ricky, for being totally honest right off the bat. All right? Listen, we get mad. Anybody in here ever let people with chips on their shoulders make you mad? Yes, absolutely. You ever been to the DMV before? Huh? You ever been to Walmart before? Right? Stand in line. Well, listen, it's rough. And when they are doing all of that, then what happens? Man, it starts building up. David said, get your swords on. Think about it. They're telling David what Nabal said. It says they told him the whole story. You know what I mean? I wonder if somebody was in that group that just said, don't tell all of it. They told the whole story. And David, you can see his anger building and building. Listen, David's already got enough troubles by King Saul. Maybe David should have just said, fine, God will provide. But David didn't. Maybe sometime in your life, you should say, okay, Lord, I need your help. But no, what do you do? Get the pitchfork and the torch. Huh? You know what I mean? Get, get the I hope you don't get the knives out. And good Lord, don't get the guns out. Right? Listen, all of a sudden, you're just reaching in and you want to knock somebody backwards. And y'all are looking at me all super spiritual and holy like, oh, Brother Steve, we would never do anything like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to wear a chip on my shoulder for the next month and see what you think about me. Okay? It, it, and when it happens to you, David, when I said it's familiar, you know what David's doing? David now, because of a fool, David is becoming a fool. Because of what someone has done, now David is doing the same thing and acting in the same familiar way. And man, how many times are we guilty of that? We are so guilty. David is filled with anger, and he does not respond to Nabal and what was said. No, he reacts. And there is a total difference between responding to something and reacting to something. But listen, sometimes when you argue with a fool, you know what this whole phrase is, is someone who is arguing with a fool doesn't really realize that now they're actually the fool arguing back. It's hard to convince that. And so what's going to happen? The Bible says David said, that's fine. That's fine. And Danny, look at verse number 12. So David's young men turned their way and went again. They went in 13 and said, get your sword. David got his sword and he took up 400 men with him and 200 stayed by the stuff. And now all of a sudden, look at what comes into play. Here comes not the damsel in distress, but the damsel to save the day. The Bible teaches us about this faith-filled recommendation. And sometimes, just like last week we talked about accountability, sometimes we have those people like Nathan that come into our lives and we should go, God, thank you for that person at that time, at that right moment. You know what I mean? You're sitting maybe in your office, maybe you're sitting in your car, and you're stewing. You know what stewing is, don't you? You're stewing. Okay, if you don't know that, you're fuming. You're mad. You're gritting your teeth, and you're, you're playing it out in your mind, and which is premeditated sin. You're planning it out in your mind. You're going, I'll tell you what, when I go into the office today and that person comes up to me, I'm going to do this right here and I'm just going to unload on them. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about 
the old Western style. I'm talking about your mouth. And you're just going to just, I'm going to do this. And I'm, you know, if they say this to me today, I'm going to fix them. I'm going to say this. If they say something else, I'm going to pop back at them. I'm going to do that. Look, y'all, y'all can amen this stuff. It's okay. We know one another. Okay? And then before long, you're sitting there and you're stewing and you're stewing and you're stewing. And you get out of the car and you're walking to the door and you're just ready. You're ready. You're looking for the chip because you're going to knock that block off. You know what I mean? You're looking for it, and all of a sudden, someone comes up. They've been in prayer time with God that morning. They've been in their Bible study, and they look at you and say, Bless the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, and I'm about to whoop somebody. This is, oh, what a blessing. Let me share my devotion with you. Let me share what God has done. And you're like, just hang on a second. Let me do this first, and then I'll come back and repent with you. No, everybody, we laugh because we know. We know us better than all of us know one another. We know ourselves. Thank God for someone that's filled with faith that comes by, and the reason I use recommendation, because if you're not noticing this, I'm using these letters so that you will remember this scripture and try to write it down and study it later. But what it is, it's advice. It's advice. And look at verse number 13. The Bible says, in, or excuse, verse 14. It says, but one of the young men told Abigail. I'm, I'm going to tell your wife. It says, one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. It says, but the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything as long as we were uh, conversant with them and let them know where we were. It says, when we were in the field, just to speak to them and in conversation with them. Look at verse 16. It says, it says they were a wall unto us both by night and day. And and, excuse me, all the while we were with them uh, keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, know and consider what thou wilt do. Now, listen to that. This young man says, our Abigail, know and consider. In other words, hear the story and then ponder on it. Think it through. It says, think what you'll do. It says, know and consider what thou wilt do. Verse 17, for evil is determined against our master and against all of his household. For he is such a son of Belial, says, that a man cannot speak unto him. You know what he's saying? He is such a son of foolishness. He is such a son of fool or being a fool. He is so foolish that he is following the father of fools, which would be Satan. He said that he can't do what? He cannot speak to him. He said, he won't understand. He's so foolish. He's so rude. He's so evil in his doings, and he always carries the chip on his shoulder. And listen to verse number 18. It says, Then Abigail made haste. She did it quickly. The Bible says, And she took 200 loaves and, and uh, two bottles or wineskins of wine and five sheep ready-dressed and five measures of parched corn and 100 clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses or donkeys. It says, and she said unto her servants, go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband, Nabal. It says, and it was so as she rode on the donkey that she came down by the cover of the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her and she met them. Now David had said, listen to this. Surely in vain I have kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, and he hath requited me evil for good. David said, 
This man started it. All that wording to say he did it. I was doing nothing but good to him, and he exchanged my goodness, and he gave me evil. This man is going to pay, and his whole household. And Abigail heard these things and knew it. But look at what it says in verse 22. He said, so and more also do God unto the enemies. Excuse me, I'm at the wrong place. And uh, verse 21 said, Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all this fellow hath in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, and he hath requited me evil for good. So and more also do God to the enemies of David, if I leave of all that pertain to him by the morning light, and look at these words, and I know this seems derogatory, and I know this seems vulgar, but listen to what this wording says, to any that pisses against the wall. I know that seems like a dirty word. It actually should be translated any male, okay? But understanding just for one moment in the Scripture, before you get all like weird and flip out on me and stuff, understand this is a man that is speaking out of anger. This is a man that is speaking out of anger, and he is also speaking not in the things of God, but in things of pride and boldness. This is a man that is saying, I tell you what, and what he was speaking of, church, is that when they would go back to their parties and go back to have their celebrations, as they would be filled with wine and they would be drunk, there would be latrines, not like we have today. They didn't have indoor, outdoor plumbing and all that good stuff. So you got to get your mindset into the Word of God and into the story and not in what we have, okay? And so you have to understand that they would go out onto the side of the house by the wall and they would do these things and David said, I tell you what, there will be none of those drunken, evil men standing when I'm done with them. You, do you see this? He's being arrogant, and he's being prideful, and, he, and he's coming out like he's just trying to be this big, bad, macho man, and he's saying, I'm going to kill all of them, every male. And look at what it says in verse 23, and when Abigail saw David, she hasted. And she came or lighted off the donkey or came off the donkey and fell down before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. Says, let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial or this man of foolishness, even Nabal. Says, for as his name is, so is he. Remember that. Says, Nabal is his name and folly is with him. Now see, if I would have wrote that, it would have been Nabal is his name and foolishness is his game. Okay? says, But I, thy handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou didst send. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, right, liveth, it says, And as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal, be as that foolish man with a chip on his shoulder. He says, And now this blessing which thine handmaiden hath brought unto my Lord, let it be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid. 
For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord. Talking about David. And evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee, knowing about Saul, right? And to seek thy soul. But the soul of my Lord shall be uh, in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. And the souls of thine enemies, them, it says, shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel. Look at these words that this woman says. That this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of thy heart, uh, excuse me, nor offense of heart unto my Lord. Either that thou hast shed blood causeless, in other words, innocent, he says, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, talking about how God has dealt good with him, said, then remember thine handmaid. If you look at this woman's advice that she's giving, Abigail, number one, she listened to the whole story. She already knew, and we're going to talk about that, but she listened to the whole story. When the young men came to her, she did not just go, well, he's my husband. She listened to both sides of the story, Okay. And a good person with good advice is not someone that only takes one side of a story. Many times people want to come and they want to talk to you. They want your counsel. They want your advice. And they only want to have like one-sided of the story and you only get one side. It will never get solved that way because there's never one side to a story just as there's never one side to a coin. There's always two sides to the story. Even some of you teachers and Brother Craig could probably tell you dealing with kids and dealing with teenagers and they come in and you look at them. If you've got, you mostly always have at least two people in the party. And you look at them and you go, what did you do? And they begin to say all this stuff. The other one that's sitting there many times are going, no, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. You know why? Because they got a side of the story they want to share, right? But what's really good is when you got them sitting side by side, both of them's going to share both of their stories but if you get them separated, a lot of times they're only going to share, you know, that little bitty bad thing, the ee-wee little thing that I did, and then the big bad thing that Brendan did, right? Everyone, anybody ever go to the office or just me, right? Just me and Ricky again, right? It's true. There's always two sides of the story. And she took time to listen to the full story. She heard the story of Nabal. She heard the story of David. She heard the story of the shepherds. She heard the story of the servants. She did all that. But here's the second thing. Abigail not only listened, but she knew her husband. She knew her husband and his foolishness. She has been one that if you listen to this story and the rest of it, she's probably been one before that has said, it's not the right time to speak. I'll wait to another opportunity because he's not going to listen right now. Now, women, that's not when you amen. You just be quiet right now, now, right? Uh, I, I felt it. I felt some of you going, I need to raise my hand. Amen on that one, you know. Uh, some of you were getting hankies out of your purses. But you know them, and she knew her husband. She even described him. You know what she said? She said even he, he, he is actually fulfilling who he is. Even in his name, he, she, she said he's actually fulfilling who he actually is. So she listened, but she knew the things. But here's the other thing. This is really good. Abigail came in and didn't have to, but Abigail came in and she provided the need for David's men. She gathered up all of this stuff and did that. Why? Maybe you call it woman's intuition or women's intuition or whatever it is. I call it someone that sees a problem and goes and tries to meet the need of the problem. 
and not tries to go and fix the parties but meet the need of the problem first. Jesus was wise. We would agree with that, right? Well, he was wise enough to realize that those people were hungry and needed to be fed, and so fish and loaves were broken and passed out, and then he spoke to them. Church, he was wise enough also to know that the next time they came, they only wanted to fill their bellies and not to fill their hearts, right? Jesus was wise. Abigail gathered all. It's, I love that part of the scripture. It says she made haste. She went speedily. She hurried, and she got things together and raisins and all this stuff and uh, corn and all this stuff together. And when she came over there, she gave it to David. You know what's really great about it, too, is that not only did Abigail provide the need for David's men, she didn't just bypass the problem. And that's where a lot of us can never get over the conflict and the between chips and between being angry. We can't get through the conflict. You know why? Because we're not willing to, willing to sit down and realize what the actual problem is. You know, and that happens even in marriages. It happens in marriages. It happens in uh, uh, parenting with children, not really looking at what the problem is. The problem was that he was rude about the need that David had for his men. She came in with the answer to all of that stuff. And look at how she did it. The Bible says that when she came down off of that donkey, or that ass come down off of that donkey, what did she do? She bowed down. Bowed down before David. And she honored him. She reverenced him and respected him. I don't think that she disrespected her husband at this because, listen, we're going to learn just a little bit more because the story goes on, but at this time, she was honoring someone that God was going to use, and she knew that. And if you listen to the story, you'll understand that she knew all that stuff about David. She knew Saul was after David. She knew that God had anointed this man to be a great man and that he was going to be a mighty man for the Lord God Almighty. And you're going to tell me that she knew all about it, but yet Nabal didn't know about it? That shows you the characteristic of that guy when he said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse anyway? You know, he, he's the last one of them all kind of thing. You know, who are these people that I'm going to give my stuff to? She knew it to be different. Why? Because a foolish person does not think of the things of God, but a wise person, a one of great understanding and a beautiful countenance, understood God's blessings, that God has blessed us with this, and I'm going to be a blessing to those others with that. Listen, she honored the hurt of David. She respected him, and she began to tell him that God's going to use you. And you know what she said? She said, David, she called him Lord. She said, my Lord, L-O-R-D, all lowercase. She said, don't be like Nabal. You're acting like a fool. He acted foolishly, and I am not forgiving him for that or trying to cover that up but you in return acting in the same way it's not going to be any good she said you know what and that way when you go into your ruling and into your throne she said you won't have this heavy thing on you you won't have a heavy heart of did i do that uh too rash was i did i do it in in, in a big hurry did i do it without thinking about it did i even consult god about it she was listen she was concerned for the heart of the king and saying you don't want that on you you don't want to think that you shed innocent blood or that you did these other things too quick Man, thank god for people like that 
Thank God for the Nathans and the Abigails and, and those people that are willing to sit with us and to hold us accountable to the word of God and to also show us some good things that we need to see. Here's the fifth thing tonight, and I knew you thought I wouldn't get here, but we're here. There was a fitting response. David finally doesn't react. David responds. It's a fitting response. Look at what he says in verse 32 if you got your Bible. It says, And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. He didn't say, bless your heart, dear. Oh, thank you so much, sweetie. He didn't do that. David was thankful unto God that God had sent someone with some common sense. David was a man that, yes, he had flaws. Yes, he had sins. Yes, he did things wrong. But when confronted with truth, the reason David was called a man after God's own heart is because when he was confronted with his sin, confronted with truth, confronted by God with a messenger, whether it was a woman or whether it was a man, David realized and said, Bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel which has sent you unto me this day. Oh, man, what a great... He, man, it was like she come along and says, let me tell you about my devotion with God this morning. You know what I mean? He's getting out, he, he's getting out of the caravan, falling off the donkey, and he's ready to go over there and kill Nabal and kill all the men, all the males, and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, she comes along, let me share with you what God has showed me, what God has revealed unto me. <clears throat> Don't be a fool like Nabal is a fool. Do the right thing. God is with you, and do not go past what he is telling you that you need to do. Don't react to this, David, but respond to it. And he said, man, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Look at verse 33. And blessed be thy advice. He says, what a blessing it is to have your advice. And blessed be you. Bless you. Bless. It says, you have kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with mine own hand. For in very deed, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, listen to what he says, he says it again, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hasted, had, hadst hasted and come to meet me, surely there had not been left unto Nabal by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. Well, he was saying, you say, well, he's not angry at that time, Brother Steve. You know what he's doing? He's going back and he's quoting his sinful harshness and his rash uh, idea of what he was doing. He was saying, if it had not been for you, Abigail, if it had not, first of all, if it had not been for the Lord, and it had not been for you listening to the Lord and you coming and speaking that blessed advice that you've given me, if it hadn't been for that, then I promise you, I would have probably acted on that sinful thing. I would have done it. How many of you were here the other night when Brother Matt gave his testimony was talking about had it not been the Lord that met him on the couch that evening, that he would just felt like he was just dying inside? I can relate to that. I understand that. Had it not been for the Lord meeting me on top of a second-story pier at Smith Lake, I would have continued on that road to death and destruction over and over and over. Listen, listen. sometimes God sends sweet spirit to speak to you. Sometimes he'll send sweet people that are filled with the Spirit of God to speak to you. And David said, oh, what a blessing. What a blessing that it is. And he said, uh, the advice you have given me is so great. I, I wrote this down, and many of you may know this. Maybe we need to get Brother David to put it on the sign. But most of the time, uh, the person that's giving you free advice, they're charging you too much for it anyway. 
You know it. Most of the time when you're getting free advice from someone, you know, it, you really don't even want to use it anyhow. But advice that is wise, uh, excuse me, advice from the Lord, um, the wise really don't need, but the fools won't even take it. You get what I'm saying? The, sometimes uh, a fool, they, they just won't even listen to it. But someone that's of the Lord, they'll listen to it. And she gave David great advice. It was filled with faith. And here's the last thing, and this is the way the story kind of ends. But it ends with a fool's ruin or a fool's reputation. You know, when we die, they're going to have a tombstone out there for us, and you can put what you want on it. You know what I mean? You can have the, the, uh, uh, the uh, mortuaries, all the people, the tombstone carvers, they can carve whatever you want in there and stuff. It reminds me of what Brother Junior Hill said about a lady whose husband died, and she wrote on there, the light of my life has gone out, and uh, put it on there, period. The light of my life has gone out. And uh, about two years later, she got remarried and came back and asked the guy if he could change, you know, can we change that? He said, man, that, that's written in stone. You can't change that. That's what everybody knows. You, you can't change anything in that. And she said, well, well, can you add something to it? And he said, well, she said, he said, well, yeah. He said, well, where it says on there, the light of my life has gone out, period. He said, change that period into a comma and make it say the light of my life has gone out, but I have struck another match, right? <laughs> Some of you don't like that. That's fine. It's fine. But it's one of those things. That when you die, that's when people are going to talk about you. You think everybody talks about you now? They're going to talk about you then. They're going to talk about your facial expressions. They're going to talk about the chips that were on your shoulder. They're going to talk about all that. Or they're going to talk about how you were filled with such a wonderful smile from the Lord that God just was just shining all through you, Right? And you look at this, this man's reputation so far is not very good. Nabal is a fool. Even the scripture says, and I'm going to kind of look at this part, but even the scripture says that she said, even he is acting and living actually what he is. He said, for his name is Nabal. You know what I mean? That Hebrew word means fool. And that's, she said, he's just living up to his name. She, he's just doing those things. But the Bible says that Abigail came back and when she talked with David, she had great advice. But look at these last verses, and uh, we'll go home. The Bible says in verse number 36, And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king, and Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunken. Wherefore she told him nothing, less or more, until the morning light. See, she knew, I can't talk to him. If I talk to him now, he's drunk, and he's either going to get mad, he's going to do something hasty and rash, and I, I, I can't talk to him. This woman lived with this and knew what it was like. So she told him nothing less or nothing more. She just said, I'll talk to him in the morning. The Bible says in verse number 37, But it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. You know what that means? Nabal had a stroke. When his heart died within him and the blood flowed, this man had a stroke and he became as a stone on the bed. The Bible says, and it came to pass about 10 days after that the Lord smote Nabal that he died. The Bible says he was dead. He lived as a fool and he died as a fool. He lived every day with a chip on his shoulder and he died that way. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live that way. No, 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 I would rather be like David and have somebody come and talk to me. I'm going to share this story with you real quick.